but if you have a whole picture for the river and water and city put together then this urmp will also help us in looking at different programs different urban missions or other government programs and see how they can be converged and how that convergence can bring this holistic vision for rejuvenating our river growth of city as well as health of river can be brought together Hi, I am Rajiv Ranjan Mistra. I am Chief Technical Advisor in National Institute of Urban Affairs and I was also Director General of Namami Gange Mission. You are now listening to Understanding the Future podcast. Hello everyone, I am Puneet Gandhi. Senior Associate with the Climate Center for Cities at the National Institute of Urban Affairs and welcome to the season 3 of Understanding the Future podcast. I have been working and studying in the field of sustainability and climate change for more than 8 years and I have realized that I have a lot of questions on how we can build cities in India that are more climate focused. With Understanding the Future podcast I interact with experts, entrepreneurs and government officials to understand what it takes to bring all the different solutions to the ground as well as how can systemic changes be developed on ground. We will further anchor all the topics being discussed with different skill sets required. This will help us understand the future of cities and future of work in Indian context. If you are tuning in for the first time, do check out our previous episodes. Also, don't forget to check out the Climate Practitioners India Network, a members-led solutions-oriented platform for climate practitioners across India. And join it through the show note. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, and welcome to the season three of Understanding the Future. I am your host Punit Gandhi, Senior Associate with the Climate Center for Cities, and today we have with us Sri Rajiv Ranjan Mishra. He is currently the Technical Advisor to the NIUA and was a Director General for the National Mission on Clean Ganga. Today he will help us understand the topic of urban river management plan. Welcome to the show, Rajiv sir. Thank you, thank you, Punit. Uh, I think uh, rivers have been perennial uh, to development of the ecosystem as well, so. if we can just uh, broadly start our conversation on the lines of what do we mean by urban river management as well as why is it important in today's day and age maybe that will set up a good context for our listeners uh that's the right uh, question punit uh, because uh, we all know river but uh, river is quite a big entity i mean it flows through cities it flows through villages flows through the natural areas forests and we all know the concern about the health of the rivers without getting into too much of detail about why rivers are important because we all know they are important but we also know that they are in a bad state of affairs and urban areas to a large extent are responsible for putting lot of pressure lot of pollution into the river that's why when we started looking at river we also thought there is need to give a special importance or a special um, priority to urban river and that is how from namami gange mission nmcg and national institute of urban affairs we started trying to come up with a program where we give attention to managing urban rivers how we plan about them how we think holistically and that is where this concept of urban river management plan originated 
we will keep on looking at the basin based approach for the river rejuvenation however the city managers need to think holistically about his city as well as the river or any other water source in that area so here i will also like to set the context that we are not only looking at river in a very narrow sense we are looking at river when we say urban river management plan we are looking at river in a more holistic way we include the ecosystem of the river also so there may be wetland there may be water body in the city they may be close to the river they may be in the flood plain they may be outside but i think we are looking at all of them as one entity and we are trying to develop this kind of plan and why this becomes very important because we have not been thinking holistically we are generally doing these things in silos even if you look at water management in the city there are different ways of looking at water someone looks at drinking water someone looks at waste water someone looks at uh, storm water so i think looking at water and city in a very holistic way looking at entire water ecosystem at the city level brings the value of the urban river management plan at the same time it is simple it is also generic so that the basic principle will apply from city to city however for each city you have to go and actually do the survey actually work for that city and develop plan for your own city once you do this planning the another importance is because we have several urban mission several government programs are there and we only look at that program guideline and then plan for that program prepare projects for that program but if you have a whole picture for the river and water and city put together then this urmp will also help us in looking at different programs different urban missions or other government programs and see how they can be converged and how that convergence can bring this holistic vision for rejuvenating our river growth of city as well as health of river can be brought together no absolutely i i do think that rivers are the important on these lines and uh, as you pointed it out that they actually flow through a lot of villages and cities as well and uh, how do we because yes we are looking at it from urban perspective and we can ask one urban area to be able to you know make sure that things don't uh, go bad over there but how can then all the cities on that river be taken into account especially as a uh, something for ganga which flows through so many states how do we make sure that it can be kept uh, clean on these lines this is absolutely relevant one because our job does not end with making a holistic plan for one city because actually what we started explaining it to the people like river suppose you are a city manager so you are receiving a river it's like our guest if a guest comes to our house generally we are supposed to give it good treatment but what we do with the river we take water so we take something from the guest but we throw all our dirt into the river and what you are doing it it goes to another city or another village downstream so i think they suffer from your pollution and they also suppose they also give their pollution to the next village or next uh, city then this whole thing continues that's why looking in the context of ganga what we did we tried to plot all the cities on the bank of ganga or let us say within 5 to 10 kilometers along ganga and we started conceptualizing this program not only from the cleanliness thing see i think when we think of city and river always the pollution comes in our mind and infrastructure for the pollution like stp and all that but that that is important that has to be done 
but apart from that you have to start this kind of planning for one after another and in a way when we look at the basin thing the basin the ganga basin is quite huge it has several huge rivers as tributaries each of these tributaries also have a smaller rivers so these urban system if we put up let us say around 100 uh, cities or towns along the river they are a kind of urban sub basin i mean it's not geographically tell, possible to tell that but in some way functionally they are also a kind of functional sub basin so you have to look at this urmp concept integrated urban water management also people can tell but urmp is little plus plus of uh, integrated urban water management because apart from water we also try to manage the land we are trying to look at things from the environmental point of view economical point of view as well as social point of view so i think this is touching the entire lifestyle of city as well as the water water body so that's why we have to actually continue this and this is a kind of chain tomorrow you may also have a plan where the cluster of cities or towns very close to each other they join and then they do this approach today we are combining all the units within the city tomorrow you may pick up few things i will give a very specific example of bengal the ganga river in the bengal before havra there are something like 20 urban local bodies which are so close to each other now there perhaps it is needed to do that urban river management plan for that cluster of cities so i think this this has to be understood at city level and then extended further no absolutely i think uh, it it requires both kind of interventions at the lower level as well as at the higher level from macro point of view to make sure that those cities are able uh, those rivers are uh, we are able to nourish them as they move forward as well and uh, this is where something i am always like majority of the big cities do come across rivers or on the coastal front in india as well and uh, they somehow are still at the growth phase and they are something which will keep on growing with time is uh, because especially urbanization is increasing a lot in that case how can we make sure that this rivers are uh, no doubt we are taking a lot of resources from them but how can we make sure that we give it back as much as possible as well that is absolutely essential to really sustain all of us because urbanization is bound to happen and there is nothing wrong in that we need not be apologetic about urbanization that's a natural phenomena and we will be in next uh, uh, few years we will be almost becoming 40% of the country will be urbanized we are already more than one third so that's why it's very important i think we have hit a very important area because when we started working in ganga mission also if we were sanctioning an stp or some project in a very small town let's say in bihar people used to say there is already lot of flow here and in the river why you are sanctioning a project in that area but that's a wrong approach because today there may be a small town i mean at some point of time all the big cities were small river came earlier and b came later so b started growing so i think our own way of urbanization has to change and we don't have to only think about how to survive and get good drinking water and good air we have to also think how we dispose our waste and also how we actually integrate it into our planning that's why in this uh, managing urban rivers urban river management plan also leads to lot of good knowledge products became like mainstreaming river into master plan mainstreaming water into the master plan so in a document we call it river sensitivity master planning guidelines river centric master plans so i think several of these things have been also issued by nia and also by the ministry 
and the Ministry of Housing and Urban Affairs. So slowly we have to start thinking about uh, all the natural resources which urbanization is putting pressure on because ultimately unless we also keep them healthy, we will not remain healthy. And often we feel we'll bring water from some nearby city or some far off city and we will spend money and but ultimately that's not a sustainable way of living. We have to we have to take care of the local natural resources. No, absolutely. I think it's it's very important to take care of this as a resource in itself, and it's not just energy that we have to conserve when we are trying to work towards climate change. It's about these kind of small, small things as well. Uh, which is not too small because our life is dependent on it. Uh, but it's not specific energy that just needs to be conserved all the time over here. Here, uh, but then uh, coming to that, uh, yes, we are now developing a lot of more STP plants are coming into picture. A lot of uh, other uh, plants are also being made to make sure or even uh, our distributed sewage treatment plants in each building complexes and everything is being utilized. Uh, how effective are they and how much are we able to make sure now that they don't start polluting the ecosystem in general? And how can we make sure that we can actually improve upon whatever wherever we are? Because let's say whatever case it is, we have to make sure that we go to the next level and we are able to satisfy the needs of the river as well. It's, it's very important and a serious issue to ponder because Unfortunately, most of the time, the attention of uh, people go on creation of new assets. So the STPs are created, number one. Number two problem is we always try to advocate one type of solution. Large STPs, someone will say very small, small STPs. But uh, I can tell you, I think uh, our uh, system is so complicated. Our rivers are also so large and complex. And cities are also of very different type. I mean, there is a huge variation among our towns and cities also. So we have to look at a kind of combination of all these solutions. So we are organizing a new colony is coming. You mentioned very rightly. I think they should actually treat their own waste at the township level or in their colony level and then combine with the trunk sewer. Otherwise, there is too much of pressure coming. The villages become part of the urban area and all those things unplanned thing comes into that so no matter how much you plan it will start uh, getting into trouble and another very important aspect is even if these stps are created or other plants are created infrastructure they are not basically operated very properly so i think they do not comply with the environmental standards and there is no mechanism to ensure that their operation and maintenance is taken care of so that's why we started an approach of long-term ONM to become part of the project cost so that the agency which is constructing as a part of the same contract or the same project, they are responsible for 15 years of maintenance. So I think that's very important uh, um, change which happened. And then we also brought some sort of uh, PPP in that so that the private party gets only 40% during uh, construction of the capex. You are actually shifting. There is a paradigm shift from payment for construction to payment for performance because he will be careful. Otherwise, his own 60% will not get recovered unless he meets the standards. So I think there are several innovative things taking place. And starting from Ganga, now it's actually being adopted in other than Ganga Basin also. Some of the cities, some of the state governments are now looking at that. Amrit 2.0 also as a component of PPP in uh, for larger cities, maybe million plus cities, they have to look at some of the projects on this kind of mode. Uh, 
So idea is we should look at sustaining all the infrastructure we create. And for that, not only ONM, bringing the stakeholders together also, like they also do some sort of monitoring that whether this plant is working or not, what we have invested, whether they function or not. So I think several of these aspects are important. Absolutely. I think it's of utmost importance because somewhere if this is not treated well and does not get proper look into it, it does cause a lot of health hazards, which again ruin the environment of the whole city, which adds up as another different cost uh, in itself. And I think that's uh, very amazing to see that if we can have a 15-year ONM contract, what you said, payment for performance becomes a huge asset in itself. Uh, and uh, and how are the private uh, players taking this up? Because for them, the model has completely shifted here. And how do they perceive this whole ecosystem? Initially, there was a lot of uh, uh, doubt from everyone, whether it will work. It worked in road sector because there is a revenue stream and it is actually water becomes even more complex and more localized issue. Uh, but uh, with the stakeholder consultations and then evolving nature of our concession agreement, by now the market has established. And for each of those uh, uh, bids called uh, by NMCG, we were getting more than 10 bidders. So I think competitive bidding. So market realized that perhaps this is the way to come in future. And because government of India is also involved and then our documents are such, they actually even out the risk of the private player. There's a lot of security for them. So, because if you pass on all the risk to the private player and take all the benefit to the public sector, then these things will not work. So knowing the basics of PPP, we designed our concession agreement, like we set up a kind of uh, escrow account and two milestone payment is kept in advance in that account. He cannot draw it, but he knows that as this money is available. So if I work fast, I will give you in Hardwar one project we completed on STP, the first STP project on PPP before time. Because it's in the interest of the private player to complete it as quickly as possible and start recovering his 60%. So they're bringing all kinds of managerial expertise and then technical expertise. They don't want to delay. They don't want to have a kind of uh, conflict with the government. And then this happened. So by now it's quite a good. World Bank is also now giving some guarantee to some of the projects. So I think it is now no less acceptable. That, that sounds amazing because I think uh, these kind of innovations are required in the TPP model uh, generally as well to make sure that because water is a sector which is not uh, charged uniformly across it. It has its own different things uh, based on uh, each state. Now, uh, how can then citizens be made sure of that, okay, whatever they are receiving, can uh, they at least give minimum amount of uh, charge in this whole thing? Because I think somewhere in triple B model charge from the customers would also be taken in any one format. So how can that be made sure in that stakeholder specifically uh, approach? See, the I mean, a stakeholder has to become a partner into that. That's the basic thing. But... Uh, in this case where we started, apart from government of India, state agencies and also the urban local body, they become a kind of partners to run different part of it and apart from private player. Uh, different places, see this PPP is still in a way guaranteed by the government because it's a kind of deferred payment and you get it. 
and we had an occasion and we started also in some of the projects in fact there is a provision that the operator can also earn some revenue out of uh, sale of the treated wastewater or sludge and all that so i think the next stage will be developing a much better revenue stream so that government need not even if it is deferred payment at present most of it comes from the government and in some of the projects this has started happening where um, uh, uh, the stp is actually running on the power produced from the sludge generated in the plant but i think there is there is a lot to do in this this aspect uh, the reuse of treated wastewater can be a huge uh, revenue stream for the municipalities i mean surat is an example they earn quite a lot of money out of sale of their treated wastewater so so one one needs to evolve a stakeholder engagement their stake i think it's it's very important to keep them involved and then keep on changing your approach also seeing the developments and seeing the reaction no absolutely i think that's that's very important and uh, uh, now industry is getting more comfortable at least i think for human consumption it's still a bit far away in india but our industry is getting more comfortable with using the treated water yes uh, we had a, a kind of first of its kind tripartite agreement with mathura refinery so the stp the entire stp complex we also did like one city one operator so you take up the old asset new asset and bring them together so there it was a kind of good uh, mou with the mathura refinery power plants also i think there is a policy now the thermal power plants have to actually take uh, the treated wastewater if it is within 50 kilometers of their plant there are other conditions also so i think some of these things we are able to tie up like in kanpur it has been tied up to the power plant there so increasingly industries are becoming ready in the areas where the water is not so much in plenty gujarat south i think this has become much more common ganga basin still people see lot of water and that is where the policy for reuse of treated wastewater is very much ne needed in the state level some of the states have come up with the policy that for industry they will have to use this treated wastewater fresh water will not be given or it will be given only when nothing else is available because these policies will drive otherwise you know to use it in industry you have to treat it more tertiary treatment plant will be needed so i think who will pay for that why should municipality invest so much can it be done something by the industry like in mathura something we invested 25% 75% was invested by the refinery so i think see we say ppp but ppp will have different colors and different uh, way it will come through so i think it's also a question of negotiating but yes industries are buying a large now realizing and also agreeing to take this water but there will there are several issues i think it will take some more time for it to become much more um, um, easily available absolutely i think uh, so that's a good uh, at least uh, nudge towards the right direction as well which is uh, very important and uh, then coming to the part that okay there are these many things available and these are the things that we can do as well so if we uh, uh, reverse the format and see that okay now we have a river a city is already on the river uh, how can we make sure that a city can leverage river to maximize its urbanization as well making sure that it does not harm the river how can that be made sure of this is actually the key issue i mean apart from pollution and reducing it and all that the urban river management plan one of the major objective is to actually ensure that both river and city they live in harmony i mean the 
cohabitation is beneficial for everyone and unfortunately what happens river has a lot of resources we use it but we we give it back uh, in a very bad situation so one thing is some of the parts of the river or components of the river like floodplain you have to actually protect that floodplain because that floodplain will save you from several other kind of economic hardship suppose you have a huge flood or huge crisis disaster also that's also a problem for the city so you have to harness the economic potential of the river in such a way that you don't kill something which is actually your source of life so that's one basic principle i will say but you look at the river front the river fronts if they are properly designed in a in a more eco friendly way that is the best kind of public place public space you can create in a city i mean on the bank of river in patna we had created a very good promenade and then now all the students because it's on the bank of the river and the university is there they go there for study recreation people go there for walk yoga so i think you can earn some revenue also and good tourist place could also be developed so i think there is lot to do that but you have to see how what are the river front what are the different areas maybe some wetlands also they can be very nice where migratory birds may come urban biodiversity you have to leverage protecting them because if you you if you have a lake in the city and there is a huge migratory bird and these things and you will protect them make it little nice so that people's experience is good you will have lots of people visiting there so even tra transportation you you can leverage upon its potential for transportation riparian biodiversity you have to also i mean riparian uh, area you have to generate what i am saying is something will be direct economic benefit you can draw but by protecting all of them it can also save city from lot of economic loss which happens due to uh, several kinds of disasters which are again becoming even more prominent in the view of the climate change yeah no no absolutely i think that if something is on those lines uh, urban planning departments do take into account i think that could be huge uh, benefit to cities as well as rivers not just in making sure that there is a water component but also good public spaces in general which are important part of uh, developing those uh, master plan and uh, now coming specifically on the lines of uh, climate change with uh, more number of cities getting urban floodings majorly due to torrential rains or the amount of uh, rains that happening over one to two days has increased drastically than what they used to get before uh, as well as then there are cities which are experiencing more and more drought uh, in some ways and they might be the same city uh it's not that they are different cities how can they leverage river as a resource in their cities this is a very fundamental idea on which urmp was developed because if you it has several objectives we call 10 point agenda or objectives so there are several of those objectives which actually talks about protecting your flood plain conserving and protecting your water body or also developing a, a system where you actually give back good return flow to the river because actually flow is very important so now what happens to this flow thing as you very rightly said in, on the impact of climate change the rainfall will be erratic even otherwise if you look at our country we are different from some of the countries where you have year round some rain the rainfall even before climate change impacts become very visual is also in any case limited to 3 to 4 month 
now that three to four months also sometimes becomes one month sometimes becomes few weeks or sometimes prolongs also so i think we we, we are in for trouble the primary thing is why we are telling managing urban river and we have started and we have started talking about all these components in one framework is this will help because nowadays we we hear quite a lot about response basin approach response cities or water sensitive urban design primarily the idea is you look at the water cycle and you develop you develop your landscape in such a way that the built as well as natural escape is compatible with the water cycle so when you have lot of rain and you have excess rain what will you do with that rain water so if you are prepared with the rainwater harvesting structures and if your wetlands your water bodies are in good shape they have not been encroached upon i think you have a place to store them so the first principle is to protect all these things don't encroach protect them from development as well as encroachment because sometimes our development also actually takes away the the water bodies land or flood plain so i think that should be the first thing then when the all these water comes you should have a system to use the landscape to delay their runoff normally we look at the storm water as a evil thing and we all our storm water engineering design is such that you just take it away that was okay but when you are having three times four times more than your design capacity water coming taking away also will not be possible so you have to change your entire lifestyle in the city in such a way then you protect your water bodies wetlands some of the places if there is a space also try to improve the depressions etc in such a way that your storage is improved that will help then go to the flood plain storage and then the release mechanism also release it in such a way that they also go to flood plain and they recharge some of the aquifers so i think you have to look at protecting delaying storing and then releasing in a very scientific way uh, to actually look at uh, this uh, whole thing and that is where perhaps uh, this uh, urmp through its different objectives it brings that concept of making water sensitive urban design practically possible for the urban managers to do it because it also gives them toolkits there are certain uh, uh, guidelines and guidance notes given where it can be actually done that's very interesting and uh, if you can also explain a bit of uh, how does this toolkit help the administration in taking the decision yeah uh, as i was telling because once you start thinking like this and that's also a kind of challenge in making of this plan because you don't have sometimes the baselines so so i mean i look at even an stp when we have started combining four five stps and trying to give it one operator on ppp there was a major problem of the the design of the stp or the layout is not there so the private operator feels very uncomfortable in taking something and becoming responsible if you don't give so i think first of all the principles are generic the urban river management plan but you have to apply it to the city so there would be need to how to do the survey so to to really train the administrators as well as some of the consultants and experts who actually help them at the city level uh, several training programs uh, niua is also organizing uh, to them where, where they can do and then some of the team members are also doing hand holding to actually make this plan so i think uh, that's that's one thing this river sensitive master planning guidelines it was given by niua and also by the tcpu for river centric planning so i think these are also helping the administrators because you can say that uh, you have to do this another major initiative can be the master plans are being revised in several of the city 
several smaller towns do not even have the master plan so when you actually do this master planning exercise you try to integrate the not only river or water but rather other natural elements also into that and uh, if you look at the urmp there are something on biodiversity forestry riparian area plantation all those things are also there so so that way if you come up with these kind of guidelines guidebooks and also organize some training program and get into the state governments also to issue certain guidelines get into their code then the administrators will also be empowered to utilize this thing and we will be able to really scale it up otherwise it will go to a smaller extent i mean we cannot take it only to the pilot level now because as you know we are already facing several challenges as you said same city is facing drought and then urban flooding chennai was an example but chennai has, is now going in a big way on the response city approach and then they have said taken up some areas and they are trying to redesign and then do something to go back as close to nature as possible now no absolutely we we had a conversation uh, with chennai smart city ceo on this uh, specifically on the podcast of how they are trying to revive the water tank across the city and that did help us understand that okay what process they did take up on those lines and it's it's very interesting to see uh, but now coming to uh, Now, a city like chennai has faced a disaster in itself let's put it that way uh but what are the current challenges that administration generally faces in developing such a plan uh what is it that they need what are the things that they can be provided now in a better way than what they are being done right so that they can actually move forward first thing is i mean there are challenges like first uh, lack of uh, technical knowledge or understanding or awareness about all these approach because what has happened traditionally more, i mean some cities are exception but majority of them actually they work through the departmental way of working so i think there is a lot of silo way of uh, thinking so when you talk of urmp and these kind of program this is basically the approach is to work together so i think that that's one thing is i mean taking them on board convincing them giving them a kind of technical support second issue major issue comes is and also governance i told you because people are not working in a very integrated way so i think these issues are there then actually once you start working then the issue of finances come because we are all aware about the um, uh, financial status of uh, towns and cities apart from again apart from few many of them are having constraints now it takes lot of time to understand that urmp is not a program or it's not a mission from which you will get the money it's a kind of approach it's a kind of a strategic approach and actually a kind of um, template which helps you in getting money through convergence so i think if you have got amrut mission or a smart city mission or swachh bharat mission or namami gange wherever it is there so or even forestry department has some funding for the social forestry you have to basically come up with a kind of plan get your baseline and then understand do some sort of survey and then you make a plan and then like some of the cities are doing i think i can immediately something comes to my mind is uh, ajodhya now based upon we we are making an urmp and they have come up with several projects first they made a plan and then they started developing projects the small small activities for that and then matching the different grants anyway those grants will be used but they will not be used in a that kind of uh, long term perspective they will be used wherever money is there and wherever some pressure or demand comes so i think it is possible to 
use this approach to optimize your resources. Resources are anyway limited. So I think that approach we have started seeing result in Ajodhya and different other cities are also doing. So, so that is a challenge, technical know-how. So that's why it's also essential to actually train the technical people who make TPR or the technical manpower into these aspects, apart from taking the leader like city manager on board. Governance is the issue. Another thing is we already had a long discussion about the PPP. See, we have to, we cannot only do meet the challenges of climate change or SDG and urbanization challenges only from the public sector funding. So I think you have to come up with a model. Sometimes the city manager can encourage some of the local industry or local business to adopt a heart and then start then start rejuvenating them and all that. So I think some good examples are coming up in that respect also. But I think that's also perhaps we are tuned to immediately send our Indian to the state government from the city or from the government of India and start asking for money. So I think this will take you to, a, to an extent. But you have to also find resources and then some of these things can be very innovative. I think we talked about riverfront and then economic potential of the river. You can actually leverage that. I think you can do some sort of value capture from some of these projects also. But these are these are some of the constants which we have to actually meet, do some handholding, show some good results and then share it with them. That's why I think there is a river city alliance we set up. The idea was and in NIA we also having a kind of um, climate center. So I think these are the forums where actually institutionally you can share best practice and then train them, take them together. Yeah, so uh, I, I do agree and I think it's a, a very important uh, what you said. So if you can also uh, elaborate a bit more on how does the whole diversity alliance function and what is it trying to do? Uh, I think that would be really great. You know. Okay, so when we started our work on uh, developing a a whole area of managing urban river right from planning to practice that was the idea so urmp was a kind of first step where we tried to integrate then we developed some knowledge products like river sensitive master planning guidelines and also different other products like on the wetland we developed some guidelines to protect wetlands urban wetland and all that but we thought that some institutional structure will be needed because I mean, some ultimately the cities have to take ownership. So we came up with a kind of uh, a conceptual uh, identity for these cities as river cities because they are on the bank of the river or river is flowing across that city. And slightly by extension, if some city is not having a river but a huge lake and a system of lake, they also more or less fit into that. So. From NMCG it started, but it was very clear that it will not be restricted only to Ganga cities and all this. As a concept, the whole country has to go on that. So we created an alliance last year. That alliance was set up uh, with um, NIUA leading its secretariat with some um, 30 odd cities. Now, several other cities have also joined subsequently. A request is there. Idea is initially for a year or two, some central agency, in this case NIUA, will do hand-holding and act as a kind of catalyst. And slowly these cities, because they will have to take ownership, like one of the river city will host a, a meeting on six monthly basis. And monthly webinars will be there where actually all of them will come together, share their good practices, best practices, and also some problems. 
and uh, from uh, NIUS side, some experts on different aspects. As you know, I mean, managing a river and managing a city needs several kinds of uh, expertise. Some of the places may be very familiar with septage management. Some of them may not be knowing it. So I think if someone has done good work on that, I think that can be said. Someone has done good reuse of the treated wastewater. Surat municipal commissioner comes and shares his experience that how he modeled. And then one talk will be there, but later on it has to be followed up with exchange of documents, this and that. So I think this secretariat is supposed to ensure that whatever we are talking, whatever reforms we are doing, they become little permanent in nature and do not just get lost with the change of officers or change of uh, leadership. So I think that is the idea that initially we are actually give, taking more initiative. But other day I was addressing this River City Alliance meeting. So Pune Commissioner was Pune, and we have actually several cities outside Ganga Basin. So Pune is there, Aurangabad is there. So I think Pune city was saying that next meeting we will organize. I mean, we, we, we can host some of these 30 cities to come to Pune and then we can have an actual meeting also in next three, four months. So I think good. I think that kind of enthusiasm is coming because, you know, I mean, city like Pune has several other urban programs also. So I think some of these cities, the larger city can take leadership and by rotation kind of thing. So I think it's a kind of again evolving and we are looking at the response and then they are seeing some value in this alliance. And through this, because everywhere NIU will not be able to send its team to make URMP. You have to train people and you have to ensure that they start doing like that. And there, there will be a lot of problem. I think we, we cannot be so naive to think that everyone will accept or everyone will know how to do it. But this thinking to bring together all these aspects in one go, in one document, and then pick up one particular aspect, get into the detailed DPR of that aspect, and then implement that bring back what what are the values so i think this alliance is creating that value now this alliance can also be a very good vehicle to talk about climate change because anyway water and climate change are very very related in fact water has to become more prominent in the strategy for climate change management so so several things would come because though we are starting with river city and water as a vehicle or as a kind of entry point into the cities but whatever is with us they are all relevant to the city and we, we can bring that perspective. Nature-based solutions can be a very important idea to actually share with uh, these cities and, and so some of the practices, some of the techniques. No, that sounds like an amazing initiative, especially when you can integrate so much of peer-to-peer -peer learning between all these officials uh, because I think eventually that helps them much more uh, in terms of how to uh, navigate the system as well, which I think is much more important to uh, implement all these projects at times. And uh, I think that brings us uh, to one of our last questions is on the lines of, now, this is very important part in itself, uh, which can lead to a better master planning, of course, for each city. So uh, what exactly would be the skill sets required, which uh, will be required to develop a good urban river management plan? Uh, see this though we have discussed and it looks like uh, it is something which needs a lot of skills or a lot of uh, uh, but in a way if you look at the plan it's also very simple idea is first of all you have to convince that you have to 
take everyone together so all aspects have to be taken together but i mean coming little deeper into that as we discussed about uh, city life and uh, the city management jo uh, horizon and river thing so you will need some skill someone needs little urban planning experience uh, you you will need little bit of uh, experience some some engineering knowledge also will be needed to to develop it further a uh, little bit of sociological and then communication abilities also there because two of the agenda in this urban river management plan is also to make river sensitive community or water sensitive community and proactive citizen engagement so i think you will need different kinds of skill sets because it's basically a multidisciplinary work but it does not mean that uh, to bring this program together you will need too much of that intensive thing because what happens you bring it together little bit of knowledge of gis and mapping will be needed once you bring it together you can say that okay this is the gap in let us say sewage treatment so this much has to be put and then the likely areas where this gap is point a point b point c but again that stp designing you need not do it in your mp so you know i think for that you will have some more specific specialized people who will do that so this is primarily a managerial and planning exercise but you will certainly need a skill set which is little multidimensional in approach and thinking otherwise you will start missing some components so the very purpose of bringing together several things and the value of integrated plan will be lost so so that this is the thing and and i think team teamwork will be the first skill if you say the one skill the 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 ability to work in team is perhaps one skill which is needed if you need only one skill this is the skill then you can bring everyone together yeah i agree i think uh, teamwork in all these uh, especially the new and upcoming uh, topics is becoming quite prominent uh, in itself because the amount of diversity required in thought process to even start understanding the solution and implementation of it i think that's uh, one of the very key skills uh, for sure and uh, yeah before we close it maybe if you have anything that we have missed out on in our conversation and you would like to pick it up i think we can do it before we close the session no i think we covered uh, broadly um, several aspects of urban river management plan but uh, in the end i will say because we use lots of terminology we used integrated river basin management we integrated water resource management integrated urban water management and we are now telling urban river management plan so my thing to the listener will be don't get confused among these things see what we are talking about some of the things are at the basin level so the the basin is much bigger than a city and different components so when you look at that basin level perhaps your issues and other things will be will be different and um, that thing but basically when we are talking of urban river management plan we are trying to bring urban integrated urban water management and also water sensitive urban design these things put together in one place so that you are not only looking at water but looking at its entire ecosystem and another thing is nowadays we are also talking about i mean we always talk about cities as a kind of bringing all the problem to a river basin now we should actually start bringing solutions to the river basin also so i think that is also something which perhaps we have to keep in mind if we start managing our urban rivers nicely and you actually send off the river in better or at least in the same state of health don't spoil it further to the next city i think you are doing your duty to the basin management and nowadays i think we also talk about basin connected cities 
so i think we have to actually look at not only the connection within the city among different things but ultimately your connection with nearby cities nearby villages and ultimately to the entire basin so i think that is something which perhaps uh, we have to keep in mind and uh, another thing is basically try to go back into our own traditions and heritage you will get lot of very nice valuable things uh, how there were the kind of integration in our approach with the nature and our own development so we cannot go back in time and do exactly go back in time but lot of learnings with the modern technology and that can also help us no absolutely i think uh, that that's very important uh, to know as well and especially with so many different things and listeners listening to it for the first time might get confused so thank you so much for clarifying this thing Uh, thank you so much, uh, Rajiv sir. I think it was an amazing conversation to understand all different aspects of what is urban river management in general, and then how can we develop plan around it as well, especially for city officials. Thank you so much uh, for your time and for sharing your knowledge. Thank you. Thank you so much, Punit. My pleasure. I really enjoyed talking to you, and hope this clarifies some of the issues and also raises interest to learn more. absolutely absolutely i think it did help me understand a lot more about rivers than what i knew before so i am really glad about it for sure thank you so thank you thank you bye all the best thank you for tuning into the podcast do subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and follow us on all social media channels for more details about the climate center for cities and registration on climate practitioners india network click on the link in the show notes the episode is conceptualized and produced by punit gandhi a big thank you to the whole team at cube and niua for supporting the development of the podcast stay tuned for the next episode